We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. You think football is still fun? Uh, yes. Sir. Yes, no. No? Sir, sir uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not by No, it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. Just look at that. He hit the fucking ball. That gets a free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. It is our first episode of 2020. I want to thank everyone who tuned in in 2021. I thought it was a good year. Uh, we, we crossed the 200 episode mark actually with our last episode that I, I didn't even realize when I was putting it out. Uh, last year, you know, we we brought in the Ted Lasso rewatch, brought in Alex McDaniel for that. She's the GOAT. She's going to be on here in a few weeks on this show. Um, we had great guests. Um, guests, I, I, I'm shocked still, did the podcast people that I have, have idolized in media for a long time. Um, we covered over 30 movies along with Ted Lasso. We wrapped up, if you remember this time last year, we were wrapping up Eastbound and Down. It was, it was a big year for the podcast. We also introduced the Patreon group, which has been, for me, incredible. Um, the support is, and just like the confidence it gives you when, when someone subscribes to the Patreon, values what you do on the show enough to do that. Um, it's It does wonders for me. It's very appreciated. Everyone who's subscribed, everyone who's even thought about subscribing, even if in, in your mind you've thought, hey, I might, I might support this show. But even if you haven't, still appreciate you. Um, it's allowed for better content for the show, both from an equipment perspective and then just getting a better idea of what listeners actually want to hear. Um, one of the things about podcasting is sometimes it feels like you're shouting into an empty void, um, which which in a way you kind of are. But um, it, it's been great getting that feedback from members of our Patreon group about what they like, what movies we want to cover. Um, you know, just everything about the show. Um, there's, there's actually going to be a, a survey, uh, it, depending on, depending on just, you know, how busy I get and how motivated I am to get this out. I'm going to send out a survey to the Patreon members. Um, just, just trying to get a little more info about how do we make this show the best it can possibly be for the folks who like it, for the folks who like sports movies, movies in general. I'm looking forward to, to having a great year of 2022 Keep going with with big screen sports. 
So today's episode is our the our December patrons choice, but it's the it's coming out in January. Uh, just with how the schedule came out, did not have time to put a good effort into it for the month of December, and we've got two absolute banger categories today. So deserve the full effort. Um, patrons choices is where our patrons throw out some sports movie debates, sports movie topics, and everyone chimes in, uh, everyone belonging to the Patreon group need to shout out our producer level patrons. As always, Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike Dries, Ryan Yeager, Mike D, James Kowalewski, and Chris Mikoski. Uh, those folks, the engine that makes this show go uh, shout out to our producer level patrons. All members of the Patreon, though, they get to vote on movies and shows covered by the podcast. They just generally get a say in what goes on get to participate in these Patrons Choice episodes. You also get scheduling updates. So if you are a uh, member of the Patreon, then you already know this month we're doing the long-awaited Hot Rod episode and a Mr. Baseball episode, as voted on by the patrons. I admit the vote... For the vote that was going on in December for the the patrons movie of the month was a tie between Mr. Baseball and Like Mike. Uh, I broke that tie with my own vote. I wanted to cover Mr. Baseball over Like Mike. I feel like Like Mike, in fact, now that I'm saying that, I think I have a great guest for Like Mike. You know what? Fuck it. We might do both, but I'm not sure yet. I'll let the Patreon know before I let you, just a general listener, know, because uh, because that's how this works. Hopefully down the road, we're going to be doing some some live watches or at least like live chats of sports movies once we hit our first patron goal. Um, you know, hoping maybe in the first half of this year we make that happen. Uh, if, you, if you have friends, tell them. Join the Big Screen Sports Patreon group, and, and we'll start doing some live watches, maybe via Discord or, or something or another. Um, but every member of the Big Screen Sports Patron group does participate in Patron's Choice. These are episodes I love doing. Uh, we might as well get into it with today's topics are two scorchers. And when I was kind of, I was taking a look at this, I'm not sure we should have used them both on the same month, frankly. Uh, two of two of like the most, not polarizing topics, but just there's a lot for both of them. Um, the, the first one, uh, as suggested by my guy, Aaron Figueroa, the best big chill moments. Um, it, big chill. If, if you're unfamiliar, I can't imagine this is your first episode of the podcast. But the big chill is that, that moment that makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up in a sports movie. The best sports movies, at least the sports movies that are kind of rah rah. Um, you know, not like an everybody wants some or something like that. But they they have a big chill moment. Um, I always use the the example of Roy Hobbs knocking out the lights in the natural. That that moment that just that. I mean, just just talking about it just makes my whole body start getting the chills. I made my own list for the big chill moments before I went and read any of the any of the patron submissions. So I'm going to do mine first before I get into um, what what members of the Patreon group submitted in. And again, we have far more patrons than we do submissions for this. So folks, if you're already a, a big screen sports Patreon member, chime in. Let me know what you think. Um, I would love to hear, you know, I would love to hear everyone's big chill moments. And it, I'm I'm hoping down the road that these episodes have a ton of, you know, listener participation and are something that, you know, it could be an hour long episode because there there'd be so much from this. So with my list, I know I'm going to miss something because I literally I ripped all these out in like five minutes just because you tell me best big chill moments and a ton of stuff comes to mind. So I just went with 
I, I thought it best to say, okay, the things I first think of, because I'm sure there are ones I'm going to miss, but like the things I first think of, those are the best because those are the ones that resonate. Those are the ones that, you know, instantly come to mind. I think for me, that means that they're the best ones out there. Um, I already said Roy Hobbs knocking out the lights. That's, that's a given. That one almost is losing big chillness for me just because of how often I say it on the show. I need to find a new example, but that, that is a really good one. Um, you know, especially the, the, because of, oh, and this is the theme with a lot of big chill moments is the music in that one hits the, the score, especially the theme of the natural is so, so good. So it's not just the moment. It's not just what it means in the movie, but it's, it's that the score is going, you know, while the lights are coming down, it's shot perfectly. The music's perfect. He's got the blood coming out of his Jersey. It's, I mean, it's as good as it gets. It's, and I've said before that a big chill moment works because it works or it doesn't because it means you either are or are not invested in the story of that movie. And for that one, it, I mean, Redford's incredible. And that moment is just like the culmination of how good you feel. You've been on this journey from Roy Hobbs from really when he was 19 and kind of the, the prequel, the opener of the movie to now you've seen everything he's gone through and he, for that moment, he's Roy Hobbs, the the greatest there ever was. And that's a really, really, really cool moment. I'm so glad that they ended the movie like that and not how they ended the book. If you don't know how the book goes, just, I, you can read it. It's a great novel or you can just Wikipedia it. But the ending of the movie is much better than the ending of the book. This next section is going to be devoted to the big chill god, Gavin O'Connor. Uh, so Miracle the there are two big moments they both have to do there's a bunch of big moments i mean gavin o'connor director of miracle director of warrior director of the way back is you know no one does it better as far as big chill getting that emotion out of you uh the two moments the mikey ruzioni moments the one i play for the united states of america when they're being punishment ran by uh by her brooks gets me every time it's in different hands it's probably pretty corny but it it's perfect and then the goal um, you know, the, the Eurozioni goal, it really everything in the game, getting, bringing in Al Michaels to come re-record his stuff and like having that, the, the broadcast that everyone heard at the time be the soundtrack or, or be, you know, the, the voiceover for that game was such a genius decision. Um, so when Eurozioni hits that goal, really all the goals in that movie, uh, in, in that last game, and then you know, do you believe in miracles? Like, again, that should have, it shouldn't have worked as well as it did because we all knew it was coming. And it, I mean, O'Connor is incredible. It's such a shame that he doesn't make a new sports movie every single year or every six months. Like I would be, I would be down for it. If you or anyone, you know, knows Gavin O'Connor, tell him to come on this podcast, just five minutes. It's all I need. He is a, he is on the Mount Rushmore of dream guests for this one. Him, Ron Shelton, Costner, uh, Probably someone else. Don't know. Um, this is one. The next one is one that uh, actually I think I think most of these actually we talked about this year. Mo- in fact, all of all of the ones on my list have been um, have been episodes of this podcast. So we talked about Moneyball this year with the guys over at Tipping Pitches, uh, the Scott Hatterberg home run, the the Chris Pratt home run. Um, that is another one where the score, the theme it does does all the heavy lifting kind of like with the natural is it's it's all how it's 
how it's shot, how it's styled is what makes it such a big chill moment because like in the grand scheme, it's not a huge deal that the A's won that, that 20th game they lost in the ALDS, but it's like, it's the pitch goes, there's the crack of the bat, the sound cuts, Brad Pitt lifts his head up and then the theme hits and it's flawless. It's so good. So, so good. It's, it's just incredible that they took that book Moneyball and made such a perfect baseball movie out of it. Just awesome, awesome stuff. This next one is, it's also a baseball movie. Uh, cover this way back. It was either episode two or three. It's a movie I need to revisit. Need to bring the guests back on to revisit it. Uh, covered Major League with my buddy Darren Vaught. It has been, I guess, almost three years since we covered that movie. I would hope the show's gotten a little better since then. I think... Uh, I've gone back and listened to a few of those old episodes, a little, little stiff on Mike. Um, but in the first major league, they run it back for the second major league, but in the first major league, uh, Rick Vaughn walking out to wild thing, whole crowds chanting it. Um, awesome. I, that's one of the scenes I will watch on YouTube every now and then just because it, it fires me up. It's, it's perfect. Um, the, Rachel, the Rachel Phelps, the owner, covering her ears, hates this fucking song. Just so, so good. It even, it's so good that it kind of works in Major League Two after he, I think he tells Randy Quaid's character like fuck himself or something. Or that movie's rated PG, so he says something else, but he does it again. And it's like the movie, the moment from the first movie from Major League is so, so good that the moment in Major League Two kind of works. Um, it doesn't totally work, but Major League Two has its moments, but. Um, yeah, the, him walking out to wild thing is, is great, 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 great stuff. Um, last baseball related one. Do you want to have a catch from field of dreams? Pretty, pretty simple. The ultimate, I don't know if this is big chill or if it's just like emotional chills, like emotional gut punch, but, um, there's not a whole lot else that needs to be said about that one. Costner asking his dad to have a catch while wearing some classic late eighties blue jeans. Um, so, so good. Fantastic stuff. Um, my final one, actually, no, no, no. I got two more, two more on my list. Uh, the end of Friday night lights, not like the end when they're in the parking lot, but the, the end of the state championship game. This is one of the few big chill moments that is not from a success, you know, like not something good happening. So that, if you remember is Mike Winchell and obviously spoiler alert here, uh, Winchell doing that crazy scramble gets tackled at the one Permian doesn't win the state championship game. It's so good. And this is another, it's kind of like the, do you want to have a catch thing and in, in the emotional sense of it, of that, the crushing reality that not only did they not win the state championship game, but for most of our main characters, besides I think Comer for Winchell, for Don Billingsley, for Chavez, their careers, they're, they're never going to play football again. Um, we have the moment Billingsley and his dad, you know, they're, they're all crying. Um, again, this is one where the score hits, uh, that, you know, explosions in the sky, just incredible, incredible job in that movie. This is, I'm, I'm getting the chills right now talking about it, but it's one of it. It's one of the mainstays in sports of like that last game, the last time you play and Friday night lights does it so well. I'm so glad that they made, they made a little alteration in how things actually happen in real life. Um, but I'm glad they kept them losing because I, I think that made it much more effective. And that's, it's the, the biggest chill moment in that movie. I'm not really sure there's another one. 
Um, you could say the coin toss or, or something like that, but it's, um, you know, from the moment they get in the huddle and he, the thing, you know, state championship, you know, brothers love y'all, whatever, uh, to, you know, finding out they're losing is, is perfect. It's really, really well done. The last one on my list, I would be, it would be a phony if I did not make this my, my ultimate big chill moment, because I believe when I covered it, uh, I said that this was the greatest big chill moment there was. I covered it recently, a couple months ago, with uh, with Bradford William Davis um, from Creed. When Rocky, it basically before the final round of that fight, um, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna let Sylvester Stallone walk us through it. I gotta prove it. Prove what? I'm not a mistake. Really. I never got a chance to thank Apollo for helping me out after Mickey died. But it's nothing compared to what you've done. You taught me how to fight again. And I'm going to go home and I'm going to fight this thing. But if I fight, I want you to fight too. I want you to go across this ring and knock that son of a bitch down. Can you do it? Say it. I'm going to knock that son of a bitch down. I know you are. You know why? Because you're a Creed. And I love you, kid. Go get him, Dad. Round 12 begins. Yeah, you can't beat that. Literally the best big chill moment ever. Um, it would have been a big chill moment even without the the Rocky score, which is the like just the nail in the coffin of like, just kill me, that was perfect. But bringing back the Rocky score, the fact that Kugler just, he he kept it, just in his hand, all movie, kept us waiting for it. Didn't didn't do any. We had all the other Rocky hallmarks. They you know they we saw the stairs, we saw the montages, all that stuff. But he kept the score, kept the theme, and then he springs it on us right there. So good, like that is one. I I said this on the episode, and I am not lying that I watch it at least once a month, maybe more, because it is a perfect piece of movie making it is exactly what a sports movie big chill moment should be um so that is my list i i had to do mine first uh but let's let's check in with what the patrons had to say we'll start with the man who suggested this topic himself aaron figueroa patron number one when i say patron number one aaron is my guy he's he's the goat but he he signed up first that's why he's patron number one i love all my patrons equally uh but his his top five said number five Ford versus Ferrari. When Carroll Shelby holds the go like hell sign, his company is on the line and he just throws caution to the wind. He's he's right. That 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 part in that first that first race uh is is so so good. Um I think I think I've I've overused the phrase so so good already this episode, but all these moments are just really so so good. Uh Ford versus Ferrari, great dad movie. Such a good dad movie. Uh is number four, the natural breaking the baseball lights, chills. Uh, number three, Miracle. He says, not the Al Michaels call, but when Herb Brooks turns his assistant coach and says smugly, he doesn't know what to do, referring to the Soviet coach. Chills for me because Herb knows his plan worked. That is the thing about that movie. Is there's so many different little parts of Miracle that that give you the chills. Uh, he says, number two, Ted Lasso season two. Roy Kent returning to Nelson Road with that amazing Rolling Stones song and the scene from behind when he takes a deep breath and the field comes into view. That my favorite TV moment of the year when I, I didn't think about Ted Lasso. I should have, 
Um, that's that's the best of all the of any Ted Lasso big chill moment though. That one, um, Roy Kent, she's a rainbow. That whole episode, the rom com episode, just so so good and a great Brett Goldstein performance. Uh, his number one is Rocky Two. Said Yo Adrian, I did it. So with the Rocky series, there's there's a lot of them to choose from. Um, but he is Aaron is going with with Rocky Two. Yo Adrian, I did it. That is you know uh, he he finally takes down Apollo Creed. And win. So uh, shouts to Aaron Figaro. This is a, a great topic. So next up, Kevin Frost, uh, his big chills. Um, shouts to Kevin, too, for uh, he for having Marcus Freeman now coaching his beloved Irish instead of Brian Kelly. That's that's all for the best. Uh, he says the, the Roy Hobbs one as well. That's going to be a familiar theme here. Uh, this is one that I forgot about. He says Jimmy Chitwood saying, I'll make it, and then making it. The ball's on that kid. The, the Chitwood Hoosiers has not aged that well. Um, there, there's been a lot about the real story of Hoosiers. We had Patrick Claibon on to talk about that a couple years ago, but that moment, that moment hits. Uh, so he says warrior when Brendan's trainer tells him, if you don't knock him out, you don't have a home against Koba. That's a great one. I also forgot to include in my list, just the end of warrior, uh, where there, the song is playing. I, I, I can't remember what it's called, but it's just, it's great. Um, in, in, uh, Brendan, and Tommy or Brennan's helping Tommy out of the ring. He's, you know, he's just won, whatever. That's, that's a great moment too. Warrior, Gavin O'Connor, the God. Uh, Kevin also says Friday night lights when Winchell doesn't cross the goal line, big chill, but in a sad way, right there with you, obviously. And then feel the dreams want to have a catch. So me and me and Kevin, we're, uh, we're lining up um, with with the same kind of big chill moments. Next up, my guy Ryan Yeager, another producer patron. Uh, his big chills, he honorable mention, Warrior, Brennan and Tommy walk out of the cage together, moment I was just talking about. Number five, this one is out of left field. Love it. Mikey busts Teddy KGB and wins the money from Rounders. That's a great one. Rounders is a movie, folks, especially if you're a patron, nominate Rounders. I would love to get Rounders going uh, in 2022. That's a great one. Uh, number four, Little Big League, Billy Haywood's Curtain Call. Little Big League. What a perfect movie, folks. So much better than Rookie of the Year, am I right? Uh, breaking Away. Cutters tapes Dave feet to the Dave's feet to the pedals, and he finishes the race. Breaking Away. I believe that is that is classic. That is old Dennis Quaid. Uh, that is one of the one of the ones from the seventies that we need to tackle. That one. Uh, North Dallas Forty. That needs to be done. Um, the original Longest Yard. That needs to be done. Uh, Ryan goes into Rocky two Rocky's training montage, running through the streets of Philly and up the steps. Interesting that two people chiming in with Rocky two, nothing for, for Rocky one, nothing for, um, you know, Rocky four against, uh, against Drago. Interesting stuff is Rocky two sneaky. The, uh, the big, the biggest of the big chill Rocky movies besides Creed, obviously. And then uh, Ryan also says warrior. Brendan makes COVID tap out. So that's two votes for warrior. Again, folks, if you have not seen warrior, Arguably, I, I can't remember if it's been in the last 10 years. I don't think it has been in the last... It's not in the last 10 years now, which makes me feel old. But one of the best sports movies of the last 15 years. Um, everyone, go see Warrior. That's what we've got for uh, for big chill moments. Let's take a quick ad break, and then we'll get back with our next topic. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, we're back. So our next topic is was suggested by Mike Schubert, uh, a producer-level patron. Also, Mike is the host of the Percy Jackson Reread Podcast, The Newest Olympian, which is which is excellent for any of you Percy Jackson fans. He hosts Meddling Adults, Modern Muckraker. He is the hardest working man in podcasting and one of my favorite return guests on this show. This is an interesting topic. He said best sports villain athlete. So not who's the best villain itself, but what villain slash rival was the strongest competitor or best at the sport. So that's, it's not, it's not, we're not just ranking our top five favorites. We're who actually seems like the best athlete. So a complete different kind of, different kind of thing. It makes you think a little bit, a little bit of a, a sports movie mental exercise here. I'm going to lead off with, with Mike's submissions, which were plentiful. He, uh, he of the topic had plenty of ideas for who was the, the best actual athlete. His first one, he said, Ivan Drago got to be up there. I mean, Drago looks like he, I mean, he literally, he looks like he could kill someone in the ring, which he does in the movie. I mean, um, just Dolph Lundgren just built like a brick shake house. Uh, Jean Girard and Talladega Knights, Sasha Baron Cohen, apparently can someone tell me has a formula one driver ever gone to NASCAR? I'd be very interesting. It's also, it'd be funny to, it's funny to watch that in retrospect with the, the Renaissance, not Renaissance, but like the, the new popularity that formula one has gotten in, in the United States because of drive to survive. Um, but you know, Sasha Baron Cohen was, was a beast as Jean Girard. Uh, he said spike from little giants. I think we, you know, we covered little giants a couple months ago, a spike future serial killer, but also, um, I mean, he should have scored 47 touchdowns in that last game. That's a big, big plot hole in that movie. He said Team Iceland from D2. Uh, they were an immovable force until they were moved. But um, very scary, very athletic. Um, looked looked the part of a great hockey team. Clubber Lang, he's not going to be the last person to talk about Clubber Lang. Uh, Mr. T looks like a boxer. He said Ben Stiller's character from Dodgeball, that is White Goodman. Stiller throws a hell of a dodgeball. I think I covered dodgeball with Tim Miller. Uh, I think maybe in 2020. I, I don't really remember. Um, but Stiller look is an incredible athlete. Like he looks, he looks great in that movie, flinging that dodgeball around. Uh, David Sims from Tin Cup. I will say that Costner is the better golfer in that movie. But Sims just looks the part. Like Don Johnson just looks the part. He looks like a great golfer. There's some love for Shooter McGavin later uh, in, in in someone's list. And it, it's like they just look like they... Smarminess works for being a good golfer, I feel like. I feel like smarminess works. Uh, Mike asked, does the beast from Sandlot count? And I said, I'll allow it. Um, you know, for for being... He is a villain until he's he's kind of unmasked as just a sweet, lovable dog. But what a what a beastly dog. 
just great stuff from the beast. Uh, he finished up with with the Jesus from the Big Lebowski, who looks the part of a of a great bowler. Uh, shout out John Turturro, who has been in many a sports movie, sneakily enough. Uh, been in he got he was in he got game. Um, but great topic, great submissions from from my guy Mike Schubert. Everyone go check out his podcast; they're awesome. So back over to Aaron Figueroa for his top five villains. Um, he starts with Russ Wheeler from Days of Thunder. Dude comes from nowhere and is winning races, competing for the Daytona 500. Uh, Russ Wheeler, total asshole in that movie. Um, with the the drivers with like this and Jean Girard and stuff, they just have to. I think the confidence thing is looking the part because it's not like we're like judging their actual driving or athleticism for driving. Uh, number four, he's also got David Sims from Tin Cup, clearly a champion golfer, a sponsor and media darling, and was dating Renee freaking Russo. But yeah, you can't lay up in Masters big shots. This is number three, the Tigers from the Sandlot, probably the team that crushes Little League tournaments but can't handle some scrappers. I would agree with that. The kids look like they play, but yeah, they just get their ass beat by the kids from the Sandlot. And he says number two, Jack Parkman, the shimmy and slow-ass home run shot, deserve a fastball to the ribs. Parkman had that classic big catcher look to me like the you know he just he looked like the class i mean let's face it, jack parkman is probably on steroids now that you think about it like he makes perfect sense as a 90s steroid catcher uh for major league two if you're unfamiliar he's got number one ivan drago olympic gold medalist kills apollo creed with no no remorse and an absolute specimen peds not notwithstanding i mean the peds even help like they help be like yeah drago is just this incredible athlete um, hard to hard to argue against Drago. So Ryan Yeager, uh, the great Ryan Yeager, his top his top five sports movie villain. He says my criteria was who is the best at doing what they do compared to the competition. His honorable mention was the Globo Jim Purple Copers from Dodgeball. All of them. He says we only get a small sample size of just one tournament, but they annihilated their competition. His number five is Clubber Lang. He said dude was dropping guys like they were nothing. Dominated Rocky for the first fight and most of the second fight. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Clubber Lang might be the fight that Rocky, both of them, really should have lost. He says, number four, Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore. He says, while Happy receives his check for top 20 finishes, Shooter appears to be collecting trophies every week. That's Tiger Woods level winning. He's not wrong. We underestimate how good Shooter McGavin was. Uh, He said, number three, the Hawks and Coach Riley from the Mighty Ducks. The rappers full of championship banners speaks for itself. Coach Riley, all-time bad adult. The worst. Uh, number two, Ernie McCracken from Kingpin. Kingpin, we're going to do Kingpin in 2022, folks. It's going to happen. Uh, he says, even after what we're led to believe was an already Hall of Fame career, Big Earn is once again clutch when it matters and rolls a turkey in the 10th frame to win in Reno. Mount Rushmore, Bill Murray performance. Ernie McCracken and Kingpin. You can quote me on that. <laughs> He's number one, the NFL and concussion. Undefeated kings of shitbag behavior. He is not wrong. He is not wrong at all. Great list from uh, from my guy, Ryan Yeager. Um, Mike D. Mike D. says, vote for best sports villain would have to be Clubber Lang from Rocky Three. Dude had the heart and desire that Rocky lost when he became famous. That's a big thing with Clubber Lang is like you see him, he's training a lot by himself. He's he's very similar to, uh, to Rocky from Rocky One, except he's a lot more hostile to women. Mike D continues, he had a physique like Mike Tyson and had that attitude where he intimidated his opponent before he got in the ring. If Clubber Lang was a real boxer, he'd have made serious bank on pay-per-view money. He probably would have. Um, especially because, like, I'm... Don't quote me on this, but I feel like Mr. T 
did some sort of pay-per-view or some sort of celebrity boxing or something. I feel like Mr. T, even if Mr. T did that now, we'd probably watch. So uh, that is a is a great, great uh, point there. Um, Kevin Frost, he said a sports villain athlete. He just gave me a list of five. He said Shooter McGavin, you know, Don Johnson from Tin Cup, David Sims. We moved kind of we kind of talked over those. Those guys are 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 great raking it in. Um, we had talked about uh Mike Schubert had said, you know, uh Spike from Little Giants. Kevin Frost says the psycho kid from Brink, Val, same actor. Uh he he plays great, intimidating, villainous athletes, that guy. And I think that's it's pretty much all he did. Um, which is kind of a shame. Uh, he says the QB from the replacements who crosses the picket line. That's Martell. We do find out Martell said he's won three Super Bowls. So Martell, uh, great player in his own right. And then Kevin Frost said Jack Parkman. Uh, you know, we talked about Parkman, steroids, nineties catcher. Um, so great contributions from all the patrons. Again, I am, I am so appreciative when, when people take time to, participate in these topics do this i hope again one of these days that this is an episode that goes for way longer than an hour is something that um you know all the listeners of the show participate in it's one of my favorite things but i guess i need to to get to my list who are the the sports movie villains that i think are you know the the best at what they do a few of them have been named um clubber lang i'm, I'm only gonna pick one from the rocky series it's clubber lang again mr t to me i mean Shouts to Carl Weathers. Like, he looks awesome. Drago looks awesome. Um, pretty Ricky Conlon from uh, Creed. Like, they all look good. Um, especially because, like, the guy who played Pretty Ricky Conlon was an actual fighter. But they all look the part. There, there's just something about Clubber Lang. Like, he's so intimidating. Mr. T is just built like a brick shit house. Um, he's the scariest of the villains. Like, because, I mean, he he's the only person we see who legit, like, fucks Rocky up. Fucks him up so bad. So, um, for me, that's, for me, that's Mr. T. Um, I'm also going to shout out to white Goodman, Ben Stiller from dodgeball. As far as a villain goes, like he looks, he looks awesome. He looks unbeatable. Um, Stiller throws a a great left-handed, um, you know, left-handed dodgeball, uh, clue Haywood from major league, actual Cy Young winner, Pete Vukovic. But Clue Haywood, it, it's funny, he's a Cy Young winner, but he's a, he's a hitter in the movie. But, like, he looks, he is just a lumbering, home run hitting. Who is who is right-handed? I mean, he's like McGuire with a, with a Fu Manchu or, like, with a mustache. Who is who is Clue Haywood in, like, 90s baseball? I'm going to have to think on that. I should have should have thought it more. Maybe he's, like, a... Kind of like a Cecil Fielder type. I don't know. But Clue Haywood looks like he can hit the ball 600 feet. And he does off Rick Bond. So you guys want to talk about a sports movie villain that looks the part? How about Chong Lee from Bloodsport? Literally fucking kills people and looks like he's doing it. Guy had to be on steroids. Shout out uh, Bolo Young. Um, just an absolute brick shit house. Uh, horrifying. Would hate to imagine like getting thrown into Kumite and you have to face that guy. Um, that is not... Not what you want at all. Um, great movie, Bloodsport. Just cover that with Mike Camerlingo, the goat. Um, he he definitely looks the part. Um, last, I guess my last villain who really looks like they can just absolutely bring it. Let's go with the Monstars. The Monstars were unbeatable. The Monstars were Ewing, Barkley, Sean Bradley, Muggsy Bogues, Larry Johnson. You can't top that. Is that a cop-out answer? It might be. 
but the Monstars looked awesome. Um, such a shame about Space Jam 2. But those are my five um, great topics in this month's Patron's Choice episode. Um, haven't yet decided if we'll do basically two in January, if we'll do January's, or we'll just kind of push everything out a month. Um, but we'll see if you want to, if you want to know that before anyone join the Patreon, big screen sports or patreon.com slash big screen sports. Um, again, thanks to everyone who suggested topics, who, you know, contributed, who listened in 2021, who's going to keep listening in 2022. Uh, we have a great episode coming at you next week. Join the Patreon. If you want to know what it is, uh, we'll catch you on Monday. Thanks for listening. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.